Just start off by, by the announcement that we made last night after the game that we made a coaching change. Um, Drew Bannerstow will come in on the interim basis and serve as head coach starting at tomorrow's game. Uh, I will start the process of looking for a permanent uh, replacement. Uh, there's no timeline on that and there will be no updates on that as I'm going through it. It will we'll announce it when we announce it. Uh, we went through this five or six years ago and uh, um, you know if, if good play will will dictate uh, a lot of things uh, bad play will dictate a lot of things uh, at the player level at, at, at all levels of our organization uh, obviously I'd like to thank Craig uh, he he and I started to work together in 2016 uh, he came in as a, a coach of our American Hockey League affiliated team Came up here as an associate coach, um, helped write a ship uh, and take it to a championship. We we built a friendship over the years, and it's difficult to to have that talk with him last night. Uh, he's a true professional. Uh, we we talked a little bit. We had a beer. We reminisced for a second. Uh, and now my job is to move forward, and um, Craig Craig will now regroup, and he'll land on his feet. He he's too good of a coach not to be in this league, and uh, I feel personally responsible for the situation that we're in, and I also hope that the the people that I just talked to feel personally responsible too. If they don't, that that's that that's their decision. But uh, it's not it's not a great day. But it's a, it's a new day, and now we move forward. I can answer any questions that anyone may have. Um, you said you want to go to the game last night thinking if things didn't go the Blues way that maybe a coaching change was coming. Uh, I, I, I would say that I haven't really slept much since the Columbus game. Uh, then the Chicago game was a sleepless night. And then you hope that the Detroit game will be different, but your mind is starting to work when you're when you're everybody's homecoming game. You know, it's a, it's not a good feeling. And um, the last three games, I shared it, I think, with the leadership group that when you when you get up and you read the clippings the next day, and and uh, the players from the opposition, the coaches are. What a character win. What a gutsy win. I can't believe we did that last night. We're undermanned. We played the night before against a rested team. So if they feel that way about their performance, <laughs> how would we feel about our performance? Not, I personally didn't feel well about our performance. And you, you try and extend someone you have as much respect for and Craig as much latitude and, and rope as possible, but last night's game against a depleted Detroit team that was tired looked a lot like a depleted Columbus team that was tired and a depleted Chicago team, and there just wasn't a feeling that there was something that was going to change today if we just came in and went back to work that would make tomorrow different. Now, I don't know if tomorrow is going to be different, I just know one of the things that has been removed from the equation that, that we can focus on it was the head coach. And now 
the, the everything when when you make that change everything gets you know we're getting now to the center of the hourglass and that that's myself that's and that's the players feel personally responsible what do you specifically feel personally responsible for well that that we're that we're not a successful franchise uh, again the, these are things that you 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 contemplate as as you as you're with an organization you you come to an organization because you want to you make it better and you want to leave it in a better spot when I got here in 08, you know, we were better for a long time. Uh, if I get fired in the next hour or I get hit by a bus in the next hour, I don't feel today I've left it any better than where I found it. And, that, and that's an awful feeling. Entering the season, you kind of knew this was going to be a retool, rebuild uh, up until last week you're in a playoff spot. What more would you have wanted from, from Craig? Uh, not, not from Craig. This isn't a. Ref uh, what I would have liked to have seen from our team was a more consistent game. It's uncomfortable when you go to the arena every night and you're not really sure what your team is going to look like. You're not really sure what to expect. That's something that we haven't felt here for a long time. Uh, I, I don't want to dwell on last year. Uh, but la so last year we we entered the season with the glass half full, thinking it's the last dance. You know we we've got veteran players on one year deals and they're going to go, go out with a blaze of glory, and we just didn't find any footing. You know and and so we made changes. But if you look at the last eighty two games plus however many this year one hundred and ten ish games, like. Our power plays at or near the bottom. Our penalty kill is at or near the bottom. And our point total is at or near the bottom. At some point, you have to make changes. And it, it's not something I wanted to do. It's not something that I, that I wanted to start the season in uh, or, or having to do. But it's, a, it's an area where we find ourselves that, you know, the definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing and think things are going to change. And it cost it cost a great man his 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 role on the team to be because things weren't changing. Doug, we always hear a message gets stale or it's time for a new voice. How do you gauge that? You talk to players. How do you know if that's indeed true? Well, I would say by what you see on the ice. That that's that's the the greatest indicator. Uh, Craig and I. Like all managers, we talk every day. And I was in Europe for two weeks, and we would talk, and what's the message going to be today? And I always loved the message. And then I would set my alarm for 3 a.m., and I'd get up and watch the game. And what the message was wasn't transpiring on the ice. And, and I look at games over the last little while, and, and the two games that come to, to the forefront for me were the Phoenix game and the Buffalo game where we outscored the opposition, but we didn't win the game, if that makes any sense. Like, we outscored who we played, but you didn't walk away saying, we outplayed that team, we won that game. And there was more nights than not where I felt we didn't win the game. You're, you're, 
you're going to be the better team in this league and lose. That happens. Goalies get up, stand on their head. Pucks hit a shaft. Pucks hit a, a post. Things just go your way. But we didn't win enough small battles during a game to win enough games. Not by the score, but by but by the, the eye test of you were a better team. Just to clarify, though, you did you speak with any of the players about what they were hearing on the receiving end of the message and whether that was translated? No. No. I, the, the player's job is to play. My job is to observe and, and, and react. Uh, no, I, I... No. No, I, I, I don't want to... The players didn't come in and say, fire Craig Berube and we'll be better. Doug, you mentioned is, fair, is it fair to critique the collective DNA, whether it's Petro, Perrault, O'Reilly, even Barbie, all these guys who are gone, is the team lost a little bit of that grit that was the identity for a while? Yeah, yeah, it, it has. And, and there's been attrition just because that, that's the way the salary cap works. And uh, some players we, we, we tried very hard to keep and it didn't work out, and some players we didn't try that hard to keep, and it didn't work out. Uh, but that that's around the league. That happens everywhere. Uh, I, I I get let's keep the band together till 2040. It doesn't work that way. And so we, we, we've moved on. And uh, But there's a responsibility of the guys that are here to continue that, and that's where I go back to I don't believe, as I say today, that I'm leaving this. Right now this group isn't better than when I found it. And if I feel that way, I assume the players in the room that weren't here for the glory have to feel even worse. Doug, I know you said this isn't about last year, it's about the current team. But last November you said that Ruby's a good coach, makes younger players better, veteran players win, and the coach wasn't the problem. Just what do you believe has changed since then? Well, uh, we, were, we, were, we were a team that was expected to be good with veteran players. That he had that he had gotten the most out of. We had again 110 points the year before, and we're talking what was that? Be four or five weeks into the season, you know. So what what has changed? A year has changed. A year of information has changed. You mentioned the special teams and how they let this team down. What do you expect now from Drew coming in, and, and do you expect some of those responsibilities to change? among your assistants, and, and did you consider making changes across the board with the staff, or you know, how did you look at that? Uh, I have made a change. Uh, I haven't really told anybody, but uh, Brad Richards, uh, I talked to, he's, he, he came on board a few days ago. Uh, he's going to work as a consultant for us from a distance. He'll wake up in the morning and see our power play clips. Uh, he'll talk to to Steve Odd, who runs the power play, about what they're seeing. It's just it's just another avenue and another voice from the outside. Sometimes you you can't see the forest for the tree, and I'm hoping Brad can bring in a, a different perspective. Obviously, a a great player, uh, a champion, a player that excelled on the power play, uh, and it might not work. I don't know, but but doing nothing didn't seem like the right the right uh, avenue. Now I'm sure Drew's going to come in with different ideas. You know, uh, I'm not. My job is not to tell Drew how to organize his staff. That's Drew's job to organize his staff, um, and he'll he'll work with the guys and he'll 
I'm not, I'm not trying to pass the buck, Andy, but uh, I'm going to tell him what I see, and then he's going to have to make the decisions he thinks to make it better. Doug, you called this a retool. You said call it yeah. re-whatever. Does this move signify a change in terms of retool versus rebuild or where you are in that process? No, it's refocus now. In, in, in the, we don't, as I said, our ebbs and flows are, are too great. I, I know the talent level on this team. I know the talent level that Colorado has. I know the talent level we have. There, there, there's a half a letter grade to a letter grade different. They have how many first, how many top five overall picks on their team? They should be good. It's their turn to be good. But if you get to the postseason, you can beat them. We almost did a couple of years ago. Maybe we might have if there wasn't uh, injuries play part of the game. But injuries could happen to, if we get into the playoffs, they could happen to whoever we play in the first round too. So this, this is more of a, a refocus that the way we play the game right now isn't good enough on a nightly basis. You know, you, the ebbs and flows of our game are too emotional. We're, we're, you, you, you can't give up. Like one turns into three where one turns into one on a lot of good teams. One goal against turns into three goals against. With our group, right now and over the last little while too often we saw it last night you how many you know we saw it against vegas at home three one and and one when, when something bad happens we didn't have we don't have the ability to 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 change that flow to stop that and move it the other direction it builds and compounds and compounds and then you get to a point where you fool yourself well i shouldn't say where, where people may get fooled is that, yeah, but the shot totals were close. Well, when the game, when, when it, the opposition, in my opinion, is up by two goals, the game's over. You can come back on those games, but don't take a lot of credit because you had twice as many shots when you're up by two goals. That's fool's gold. That's, loser, that's loser's hockey. That's the mentality like, like, I can't wait to go down by three, so now I can just play the way I want. And that's what we talk about. 3-1, you know, or 4-1 becomes 4-2. They pull the goalie, it's 5-2. Another guy gets a goal, 5-3. And the wrong guys say to themselves, well, I had one and one. That was a good night. Well, they're wrong. That's not a good night. Along the lines of the retool that Frank asked about, you have a plan to be competitive while you do this. You've stated that clearly. Is it as feasible as you thought it was going into this year now that you've had seen 28 games? Can you continue down the path that you're well, I, th I think that we have a higher level. I, I think we, we, we're a better team than, than our, our play indicates. I don't know if we're a better team than our record indicates. I really don't. But I know we're a better team than our play indicates. And I think those ebbs and flows are, are what I'm looking to, to minimize. And then, you know what? If we're not good enough, we're not good enough. But... I, I, arrogance, ignorance, I can't believe that anyone could put up those last three rosters that we played in our rosters and think we should lose all three of those games. When you talk about the desire to make a change, how do you weigh whether that's a roster change or whether it is ultimately a coaching change? Roster changes are hard to make. That's not, I, I, I'm not, I, I've talked to teams. I've seen what, what's out there. I've seen what, what you're able to do. Uh, you know, 
no, no, nobody, nobody should feel safe in in our group right now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, a player-wise, management-wise, obviously the coach, the coach has been changed. Uh, it, it's, it's. If if we could move, you know, chairs on the Titanic, I guess we would. It's harder to do. So, it, it, this wasn't a decision that was made. The players are doing their best. We just got a bad coach. That that's by far not how I feel. I know the players have said in the past that coaching wasn't the problem; that it was intensity and compete. What has been their response to this move? I assume you've talked to them. What have, what have you said to them, and what's your message to them? Well, I I, I think again, ha- having been removed from the white noise for a couple of weeks in Europe, it's it's not something that you want to hear as a manager that we just didn't prepare to play tonight or we just didn't have it tonight. Like that's, there's, there's things in, in your career and your job every day and your life every day that you control and preparing to work is one of them and working hard is the other. I don't care what you do for a living. So when you, when you, when you face people that ask you that question and say, yeah, just didn't prepare today. wasn't, wasn't, you know, just didn't have it today. And you say it time and time and time again, it gets people's attention. It got my attention. Yeah, what do you say that, that would be categorized Greg's reaction. Was he surprised at all? Any relief maybe when it's not working? No, no, no relief. He's a competitor. There, there's, as I, as I said, I waited till the dust settled uh, after the game last night. I went in, I closed the door. We had a beer. He said, I'm not, I, I get it. You know, we talked about, I thanked him for everything that he's done for me personally, everything he's done for the organization. Uh, Craig's been in the NHL a long time. Uh, He's not Joe Sackick. He didn't get drafted by one team and stay with one team and then manage one team and retire with one team. He He had a great playing career with multiple destinations. He's coached in multiple places. I think he understands that we're all in management and coaching just one day closer to getting that phone call you don't want to get. But I, I think when he, I, I know he, he, he didn't want the information, but I don't think he was shocked that we had, to, we had that, the, that the decision was made that was out of his control. When did you talk to Tom Stillman and what was his reaction to uh, I, I talk to Tom all the time. I don't want to get into specifics. Obviously, I, I don't make this decision without uh, his knowledge and his support. Uh, but I think, you know, a, a timeline isn't isn't something that I need to share with people. For Tom and I. What do you want in, a, in your next head coach? Is, is, is prior NHL head coaching experience important? What, what are you looking for? Uh, I, I'm going to be wide open. I'm going to be open-minded on that. Uh, what? what what we want to stress as we're going through whatever we're going through now is a, a level of compete and a level of accountability. And whoever, starting with Drew tomorrow night, that's his mandate. Accountability and compete. And those will be, that can come with a guy that's never coached a game in the NHL or that can come with a guy with a thousand games in the NHL. But it has to be that has to be at the forefront of, of what, what I think will help us turn this around.
Perhaps you can find a guy who brings you both. But how is the, how is the say it again? <laughs> he has to bring us both. Yeah. How do you balance finding a person who can come in and get the most out of your current roster, but also looking for somebody who can be the best for your future with all these young assets? Well, it, it's gonna that's gonna be the relationship that we talk about. Is is what's your vision on making younger players better, and and holding them accountable. And, and getting the best out of current players. It's not an easy job, but it's not an impossible job. Again, I'm not bringing somebody in to say, I, I want you to develop all these guys that we drafted last year, next year, and oh, by the way, I expect to win the cup too. <laughs> like, it, you know, there, there's, there's gonna be give and take, but what we don't have to give and take on is our accountability to each other. And that 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 is, player-driven, management-observed. Do you look at this roster as it being good enough to make the playoffs? Is this a playoff roster? Yeah. I, I mean, but we're also not a playoff. Like, I, I don't know any. Like, when, when I said where I think we fit in with the other teams, I think we fit in there. You know, I, I you know, do, maybe, maybe I, I shouldn't believe in the guys as much as I believe in them and their resumes and what they've done. But I look around the league, like uh, there's some teams that, that are ahead of us right now that I don't look on paper and say, wow, like we have no chance to compete with them. You know, maybe the three or four teams at the top of the league, but not, not the, the whole league. Doug, when a move like this happens, a lot of the focus is on the highest paid players on the team. How would you evaluate the performance so far this year from Thomas and Kyra? Uh, well, well, Jordan's not scoring to the level that he's, he's paid to score at. Uh, you know, it'd be disingenuous to say that, that he is. He's getting chances, and, and, and you can go, you know, the chances will turn into goals at some point. Um, so Jordan, there's there's a different level for Jordan. He knows it. We all know it. He'll get to. It. I, I believe he'll get to it. Uh, I, I would say it's hard. It's hard to not like what Robert's done most of the year. Like plays against the other team's top players, top scorer, kills penalties, decent on faceoffs, uh, cares, <laughs> like you know. But but. So Robert and Jordan, they're like again. I'm I'm not here to throw Jordan Kyrie under the bus by any stretch, but he, this wouldn't be if he envisioned where do I want to be at this point in the year. He wouldn't say that, that I'm right where I want to be. And our, our job is now to get him where he wants to get to. Are you confident you can get it back on track? You talk about it not being as good. You wanted to get to be better when you got here. Are you confident you can fix this? Yeah, um, in my own abilities, yeah, I, I, I am confident that I that, that I can get. I, I I know what we need to do, what we need to look like, you know. And and again, I, to me, it's not just based on wins and losses. It's it's based on like St. Louis. They're smart, you know. The, the the fans are smart. They know when they leave the building whether they got their money's worth. It's not hard, you know. And we got to give them their money's worth on a more consistent effort. And if you're going to take two and a half hours out of your night to turn on a hockey game, you should be you should feel that it's worth your while. And I, I don't think we do that enough right now. 
and we don't do it long enough in games. And that's that's not that's that's not a winning brand of hockey, and that's not a winning culture for an organization. You mentioned that no one in the organization should feel safe. Do you personally feel worried about your job security? No, I mean I don't control that. So again, I'm a big believer, and you just control what you can control. So if if I my direction to the players is, you can control if you come to work today and how hard you work, and your attitude towards your teammates. Well, I. I can control if I, what my attitude is when I get to work. I can control how hard I work when I'm here. I can control my schedule on do I, do I go out and do my job or do I sit at home. I, I believe in my, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work as hard as I can until I'm told no longer to work here. Is Drew the interim coach for the rest of the season? No. No, it's a... It's, uh, uh, as I said, I'm not going to have weekly updates. He, he's. I'm going to get to know Drew, and as I'm getting to know Drew, I'm going to, I'm going to see what's going on around the league. I'm not going to rush into anything. And Drew knows that it's it's his job to come in here and and do what Craig did the last time he was he was here. You know, all of a sudden, he became the front runner, and he became the runner, and he became the man. Is he a candidate for the job? And how did you come to that decision to turn things over to him? Uh, he, as I said, he's a candidate for the job because the job's wide open. Uh, uh, when, when, I, when I looked at our, our, our current staff, we didn't have anyone that had head coaching experience on that staff. And it's a different animal being a head coach than an assistant coach. There's dealing with, with, with you fine people every day. Uh, deal, there's, there's just different things. And I, and I just felt that Drew's done this in the Ontario Hockey League. He's done this in the American Hockey League. He's, he's put in the foundational groundwork to be given this opportunity. And he was willing to, to, to bet on himself that, yeah, I'll come in on a short term. I'll come in on an interim basis, and I'll show what I can do. To go out and think that I could go to Coach X, you put the name there and say, yeah, do you want to come in and I'll give you four months? They're going to say, I think I'll take a hard pass on that. <laughs> so it, it, it's the situation that we're in, and Drew, Drew's excited about the opportunity, and then that filters down. Daniel Tuchuk's excited about the opportunity to take Springfield. Like it, you know, one door closes, one door opens. Now we'll, we'll find out how we all do. Doug, there's been a system change and a coaching change for that unit defensively. We met over the summer. He talked about how it could be a one-off with what happened last year. could be something that is a little bit more than that. How do you evaluate what your defensive core has looked like so far this season? Well, I, I would say our team is inconsistent. Their better games this year look, like, look better than their better games last year. You know, if that if that makes any sense, like uh, I, I've seen, I, I've seen a resurgence in, in in and the numbers might not dictate Tory Krug, like Tory Krug might be one of the most competitive players we have on a nightly basis. People may agree or disagree, or but I I just see a guy that comes in now and and, and he's maximizing what he can do. I think Colton Perenko has has proven to to. I don't, know, I don't know if he's proven anything to people in St. Louis. He's proven to people around the league like he was an Olympic candidate for Canada for a reason.
he, he's playing to that caliber of hockey now. So I, and there's other guys that aren't playing to the caliber that, so there, there's, I've seen better play f- from more guys than I saw better play from last year. But when our team game suffers, they're the ones that look the worst. Them and the goalie look the worst. And our variance on a nightly basis is, is what's concerning. Doug, if you don't like what you see the rest of the year, are you confident in your ability to make some moves considering the contract situation? Yeah, yeah. And, and these aren't threats. I mean, threat. who cares about threats? There, there's, there's a reason... <coughs> I don't want to say this correctly. You know, I'm not against buying players out. You know, it's not it's not something that you feel is your first course of action. But I'm also not against if players aren't pulling their weight, they go to the American Hockey League. That that you know that that's. And if we have to put players in the American Hockey League, 31 other teams get to decide: are they worth that amount of money? And What's going to happen is if we get to that point, it'll be some teams like the player they can't afford them, and then we go to work and see if we can <coughs> find a way to, to to make it work for everybody. But really, nothing can be off the table as far as responses now for 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 management. Do you need to make another hire in Springfield? In no, what we've decided to do there is we have a. a, a a strong development staff with Chris Thorburn, Matt D'Agostini, Glenn Wesley, uh, and Stewie as the goalie coach. We have enough. Those guys are in there. We have somebody in there every week with those guys. So those guys will serve as the second assistant. I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel. There's a comfort level with those guys. So they can go out like Glenn for the runs the D. He can go out and, and watch the D as he's doing that. And then his week there, he'll jump on the ice and behind the bench. And, uh, I guess if they're listening, this is the first they're hearing about that. But uh, th- this will be part of their job responsibilities moving forward. Doug, it's obvious Chief and, and Jacob Verona, they weren't on the same page. If, if Verona clears today, will he go down or will he stay that, down? Yes, he'll go down. Yeah. Well, Doug, you had a strong group of veterans in 2019 the last time this happened. Just how important is it for these veterans and older guys to step up and kind of take the reins in the locker room right now? Well, that you. you what, what you would like to see is the accountability factor, you know, on what they believe is their responsibility and what they don't believe is their responsibility. <coughs> Excuse me. Some will feel that that wasn't my area. Like that, and some will feel they let the guy down. You know, I, 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 believe, I believe in the leadership. I believe in certain players. But I always go back to it. Nobody really cares what I believe. It's what they do. And we're going to find out what they do starting tomorrow night. So you, had to, you had to fire Hitch, but famously you guys stayed friends over the years. So you envision that with Chief too over the years. Is that unique to hockey? Where most places you get fired, you never talk to the guy again. Uh, I, I would assume we'll stay friends. <laughs> again, it, from my perspective, we'll stay friends. No, I'm not changing addresses either. You know, uh, When I got fired in Dallas... I stayed friends with Mr. Hicks. I thought he, he was a, he's a really good man and he gave me a great opportunity and he made a business decision. It didn't, like he wasn't a good guy on Tuesday and he fired me and he became a bad guy Wednesday. There was enough equity built up that he made a decision. 
my view of Craig is not going to change, but my view on Craig was never based on was he a good or a bad hockey coach. You know, that was a benefit. You know, that's how we got to meet each other. But, but I, you know, my view on Craig is him as a man and as a person and as, and that, that, that won't change. Now, I, again, I can't speak for him, but you're asking me, it, nothing will change as far as our, my personal relationship with him moving forward. And that's all I can answer is for myself. Why didn't it work for him this season and what led to the decision? Well, what led to the decision was I, I, I came in after the, would have been the Chicago game. We had a day off and I came in and his name wasn't on the board to, to play last night. And I've talked to the player, I've talked to the representative and there becomes a point where you start to feel like you're hampering a guy's career. You know, you're, he wants to play hockey and, I, and it wasn't working here for whatever reason. And I just felt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find you a new home where you're going to get that fresh opportunity to play. I, we've done that in the past with different guys that have come to me and said, I'm not playing enough. I have a career. Can you help me? And my, my job is to say, yes, I'll help you, or no, I don't care. Like, you're more important to me sitting in the stands than you are. And a lot of the players that, that, that move on in those situations are because it's a, it's a joint decision, and you're, you're trying to help someone's career, or, or not, not help their career. You're not trying to derail their career. So it felt like we were derailing Jacob's career, <clears throat> and I wanted to give him the hope. I hopefully he gets claimed today, and and I hope he goes and he plays well somewhere. Like I don't get any benefit of guys not playing good. Well, like what? I, I you know obviously I wish Waldman and Fabry didn't score last night, but I, I root for them. You know what? They're they're good people. <laughs> I like them. I want to see them have success. You know. Like David Perron and I talked last night. He sat with me for a while. Like the, the it, it's part of the business. It doesn't make people good or bad people. It's just part of the business. Doug, you mentioned earlier how smart Blues fans are, but there is a portion of the fan base this morning that is saying, "You drafted these guys. You signed the players on this roster. What is your message to those fans today?" Uh, that I that I believe in in, in these players. Uh, you know, my my name is on everyone's contract. Craig's contract, the coach's contracts, the scouts' contracts, the trainers' contracts, and the players' contracts. So this is my problem. Now, I believe that with a, a change may spark a, a different result. Uh, and again, I think they're smart enough to realize what, the, what a different result looks like. And it doesn't have to be a win and a loss. And that's what I'll be judged on. And I, I believe, I believe in my ability to manage hockey teams. I believe in the knowledge I've accumulated over 30 years, and I'm ex. You know, you, you don't sleep last night, but I'm excited to go back to work today. That's, and I'm excited to work here until they tell me not to work here. That's that's just sort of what we sign up for it, and I'm going to do that until they tell me not to. But I, I believe in myself, and that's that's all I can say is. Whether pe other people believe me or not, I, again, I can't control that, so I, I don't get consumed by it.
What was your conversation with Drew Bannister like, and did you give him any sort of expectations of what you want to see from the team? Yeah, I talked to him last night after the game. I told him I was going to go down and talk to Craig after I had made a decision. I said, <clears throat> do you want the opportunity? And what I'm looking for is increased passion and increased accountability. And he said, I'm up for the challenge. I've, I've, I've coached my whole life to get this opportunity, and I'm going to make the most of it. I guarantee I know how they're going to remember it. I don't have to think. He, he's, he's the guy that righted the ship that brought us the Stanley Cup. And again, I don't vote for who goes in the Blues Hall of Fame. Uh, or maybe I do. I can't even remember. <laughs> but but he, he's on my ballot. You know, he, he's done something that great coaches before him have never been able to do. And not only do it for a year, the next year we were a top team. Self-serving, I throw out the COVID year, it was a joke. You know, we played seven teams and, you know, and then the next year we came back with 110 points. So he goes, Stanley Cup, top team in the league, toss away the COVID year, 110 points. It's a pretty good record. It's a lot of wins. And so we're, we're, all, we're all remembered today by what we did yesterday. But in, in a year or in a month or maybe by the end of the weekend, Craig Berube won't be remembered what happened against the Red Wings. It'll be remembered what happened in the five years prior to that. Okay. Thank, sorry. Thanks, everybody.